Welcome back to the Lions Cave. Yeah, this isn't where we wanted to have this episode. We wanted to get this out before the Super Bowl, but alas, scheduling. And you know what? I think Zach and I just need a little bit of a break after that uh, NFC championship game. So we watched the Super Bowl. It happened. The Chiefs beat the 49ers. And I mean, that first half was a snooze fest of a game. Then it kind of turned back on. For the first time in my NFL fandom, I was like, the Lions could have been in this game, and it could have been a lot more entertaining. That's where we're at. The offseason has started for the Detroit Lions. We got some news on that. This is going to be a reflective podcast as well. This is our Football Playing Dudes of the Year podcast, where we count down our top five. And also, we're adding a new top five this year. Zach said it on that last uh, podcast, and you know, of course, it had to happen. So we're doing top five games of the year as well. Jam-packed podcast for you. Let me introduce Zach. Zach, how you doing? And do you want to get to some news that's been happening uh, since we last potted? Yeah, good to uh, good to see you, Justin. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Kansas City, man. Three out of four uh, years winning a Super Bowl. I mean, we never thought we'd see it again you know, after New England did it, but here we are, the new dynasty. It is, uh, it's crazy. A couple of times there, I was like you, I thought, man, we should be here right now. Like that we, people were saying, well, we would put up 21 points by now. We would have done this, but. uh, You can't, you can't figure that, but you know, spoiler alert, there might be a game. I mean, we played the Chiefs. Yeah. This regular season. It's the reason I wanted the matchup. And I'll say that again, possibly later on. And I don't know, I just liked that we knew we could beat them. And so if it happens next year, if we can make it and they're the team that's standing in our way, he's going to have the team ready. Yeah. And And to be honest, there were a few times where, you know, there were fourth downs in that. And I, a couple of times I was in the same boat as everybody like, well, Dan Campbell would have gone for it. You know, when you look at those areas. So um, it really was. Kyle Shanahan, not, not the best game manager manager, I would say I mean his offensive schemes are amazing just like his dad's you know the way they can get the running backs in space is just something special and it's it's back to the scheme that's sweeping the league I mean him and McVay and what they do but difference is McVay has a Super Bowl ring as a head coach and Kyle doesn't and it's the third time that Kyle has gone into a Super Bowl and his team has collapsed I really thought they were going to get it done that from Alliance perspective I and I think I might have said this 49ers win there there's a chance we're opening up the season again Thursday night because we play them that was the whole reason I wanted San Francisco to win because I thought about what you had said I'm like well if San Francisco wins then you get that rematch for the NFC championship game and how do you say no to that as a schedule makers and there's a chance they're going to get a lot but we know we'll get to that when May comes around. and I mean, if you need me to predict a Sunday night football game, I guarantee that's probably going to be one of them. It's an NFC championship rematch. Or it'll probably be the Monday a Monday night game. I would feel yeah. like with that kind of stage, they want to. I hope it's early in the season, though. Because yeah. I would like, remember how we were like, we don't know how we're going to fare against these teams. I'd like that answered pretty early next year. But we have tons of time to talk about that. Let's get into some news, Zach, because there has been some news. Brad Holmes had his end-of-the-year press conference since we last talked. Yeah. Now, there's the, the tale of two sides of what he, he was saying, what Dan Campbell was saying. Basically, he was saying, hey, get used to this. We're not going anywhere. Just And he was really like, he was cashing receipts in. That may have been my favorite part, was him cashing receipts in. We all know who it is. <laughs> And, and he, he was catching receipts. Yeah, yeah. But it, also, he didn't say, oh, yeah. And the Lionsgate podcast, Justin Matthews, I know you didn't like that Sam Laporta draft pick. No. You know, so I was, I was you know, good thing we're low, low, low. Way phone. low on the totem pole. Yeah, for that kind of stuff. But he kind of he, he, he took those subtle shots. And he wasn't really, and it's it wasn't not, like, yeah. it's not he terrible. wasn't directed at it and saying, like, okay, but it's kind of like you guys. You guys went after me all these years, these first three years. You know, you guys said he doesn't know what he's doing. He, what? Why is he trying to do this, especially with this latest draft? But also, we know there's one person that's always negative in the Detroit media, but most of the beat writers 
yeah. have been very positive about Brandon well, Williams. I mean, one of the beat writers is kind of in the middle and, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I, we won't get into it here, but yeah. I think the part to me that really stood out with Brad's press conference is this probably my favorite line of it, which is we're going to make moves for us to win games in December, not March, April, and May. And I think that's how we need to be programmed because March, April, and May, we've seen where the Lions have done this, Justin, where they'll go into free agency they will throw a boatload of money at these free agents. They'll come off having a draft. We get our expectations you know, high. We're all psyched up, ready to go. And then they fall flat on their face. Where I love how Brad does it. And I always imagine it like this when it comes to like NFL free agency. NFL free agency is like Black Friday, okay, when it comes to Christmas shopping. Everybody has to run into the stores. They're pushing people. They're put, you always see those fights. Everybody's trying to get those latest deals. And I always imagine Brad's just standing in the back and he's just off to the side, hands crossed or, you know, arms crossed. He's just like, and you're like, Brad, do so. He's just, just wait, you know, just wait for all the chaos to die down. And then he strikes when the moment, you know, then he strikes when the opportunity comes. That's how I view it. And that's the CJ Gardner Johnson signing. Like, wait, wait, wait. Well, that was also oh. the that was also the Cam Sutton signing because it's like, yeah. hold on, just wait it out, wait it out, wait it out, and then we'll go, you know, we'll make the one move just to, you know, calm everybody down, and then we'll wait, and then we'll strike. Also, so I yeah, he's not going to change his strategy. By the way, if you think he's going to just sign like you know a bunch of free agents right off the bat and you know overpay people, that's not his style, and also. He's not going to reach for a player either in the draft. No. He's not going to, he's not looking at the draft like we are as fans. So, right. You might see I, an, I, an offensive lineman get taken. And I think that's what people are, some of the, um, like, Pride Detroit's articles are saying, hey, don't be surprised if the Lions take a tackle. And also, he kind of hinted that he might trade out of the first round. So trade trading down might be an option. And now for people who are going to plan to be at the draft like ourselves. So don't be surprised if that happens. Yeah. Don't be surprised I, if he trades gonna, up either. He's, he's been, he's traded up more than he's ever traded down. So. I mean, he's tried to trade to get first round picks. He tried that deal with Arizona last year. And I watched the video of Monty. I support the Cardinals GM when they're making the deal. And Brad was asking about throwing in a first and Monty's like, no, no, we cannot do a, a next year's first. So and we know Brad is like, well, I want to try to get that next year's first, try to add a little bit more. Um, but no, I can understand it. He wants to build like, hey, you want to be able to have enough equity to where you're going through that. Well, and we've we seen enough of him this. Yeah. And we've seen I'm sorry to cut you off, but we've seen enough of him where don't be disappointed if he's not doing what you think he should be doing. He's going to be doing what he's done his entire tenure here as the Lions GM. And I don't think he's going to move away from that strategy. Now, obviously, the type of players he's going after might change. He might focus more on defense this year than offense. Obviously, we have to we, – We both guards are unsigned at the moment. That's going to need to be taken care of. We'll see how he wants to handle that. Uh, I'm of the opinion now I think we should probably just sign Jonah and Graham right away so that's taken care of, and we know our offensive line is good. Add depth in the draft. Let's move on and focus on some, you know – defensive end help because remember we're the commission might not come back defensive end is a real need yeah and so, it's certainly yeah. when you look at the guys that are going to be free agents and i i think you make the point and you got to remember where this roster was justin three years ago this roster was what probably bottom five in the nfl when you think about talent and where it was and really the cover was bare and now look where it is it's one of the top five rosters in the league when you have this roster that has a majority, like we've talked about it, probably two-thirds of this roster has been turned over to where it's Brad and Dan's guys now. Almost 90%, you would say, are those guys. Well, one of those guys that is part of that other third and is part of that old guard, Justin, unfortunately, is not going to be there. And that's our first bit of news. I want to segue into that with our first bit of news, which is the Lions are releasing uh, safety Tracy Walker, uh, what that is going to do for their salary cap situation is that's going to clear up about $5.5 million 
in the cap space. Of course, Tracy was a late-round pick, 2018. A late-round pick, part of that old regime that he had come in. And, you know, I think the way we could look at it, I, I'll just sum it up with Tracy. I really liked his leadership. Um, I remember when he got hurt, you know, in 2022, that was like, man, that was that was a big blow. And you really felt with Tracy, he he was a captain. Remember, this is a guy that they said, hey, we're going to name him a captain. He was a leader, you know, wasn't one of those guys that was vocal. It's just one of those captains who is going to let their actions do the talking. And then you go back to this year, C.J. Gardner-Johnson gets hurt. Everybody's freaking out, like, oh, my God. Like, we just lost one of our big signings. What are we going to do? And I think Dan put it best around that time, and that's when Tracy was coming back. He said, hey, not many teams have a former captain and a former starter who is a backup on this defense. And that's what it was. And I saw the clip the other day, the game in Tampa where he just, he lit a guy up in the next week. I mean, that's, that was amazing. And it does suck though. You know, injuries are going to happen. It's a part of this business. And, you know, you, you always think about it when you extend a guy to a contract, you don't hope for these things. You never want a guy to get hurt, and it's like, oh, we're just throwing our money down the drain because this guy can never stay healthy on the field. You never want to think that way. And does it suck? Yes. But here's the thing with Tracy. Somebody is going to get a talented safety. And if he's not a starter, somebody's going to sign him to be a backup, and they're going to be really appreciative of what he's going to add. So that's what I feel towards the situation with Tracy being released. And does this still mean that we'll need to get another safety, whether it be free agency or the draft? Absolutely. I still think they're going to go that direction. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe they say, hey, we're going to stick with Iffy. We're going to stick with Kirby. You know, if they can re-sign CJGJ, great. But it's that word it comes down to, depth. So I think that's the big thing they're going to be looking at here. Yeah, and, you know, it's something I didn't honestly think of uh, at first, now you saying his name, I think Iffy coming on, Brian Branch, you know, being strong, Kirby obviously being where he is, just where it's musical chairs, where, you know, where does the music stop and where does Tracy land? The writing was kind of on the wall. He wasn't really getting on the field. It has nothing to do with him as a player. I think he's an excellent player. And I mean, when he resigns before 2022, you know, there's that video where Dan Campbell is calling him one of the pillars, you know, and it's just a real shame that that it's really that injury that, you know, just did him in and set him back. And, you know, you got to be available and on the field, you know, Tracy Walker, you know, he, he'll be available. I'm sure. I, I don't think he's injury prone by any means. So he'll, he'll make a splash somewhere. Maybe, you know, Hopefully not in the division because you know, you wouldn't want to see him. I was just getting ready to say, hopefully not within the division. But it just kind of seemed like, you know, if he's going to be a cap casualty, unfortunately, it's just how the business works. And and we might have to say goodbye to, to other, but like CJ might, Gardner Johnson might not resign. And you're going to hear me talk about him. I I think the world of him, I think he, he brings something to this defense that we desperately need. I hope somehow that he's in the plan for Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, but hey, if it doesn't happen in Brad and Dan, we trust. Uh, and we just got to remember that, especially with a, a, another signing that happened this week. Yeah, absolutely. And when you start to think about it for this team, again, Tracy is going to be, like I said, hopefully he'll get picked up. He'll add death. We'll see what happens. You mentioned another signing uh, that did take place this week, and the Lions actually had to go, Justin. <laughs> They had to go north of the border to add their signing, and that is Matthew Betts, who is a defensive lineman signed from the CFL's, the BC Lions, who they ended up bringing in. I believe he led the CFL in sacks this last year. Now, does this mean he's going to be on the 53? We don't know. I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Heck, if he could be like a Cameron Wake, we remember when he was out there, he started in the CFL. We saw him dominate with the Miami Dolphins. Maybe he ends up being that kind of player. Who knows? But, again, another valued addition, and I appreciate you bringing that one up. Uh, really cool to hear from him a little bit. And, yeah, just another 
the more edge rusher help we could get a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, the best. So I, I will say that. One other re-signing that took place, the Lions do re-sign kicker Michael Badgley. I think we all kind of expected it to happen. I still think the Lions are going to go after a kicker, Justin. I would not be shocked if they did. Um, I think there's the kid out of Alabama. I think that is going to be somebody they'll look to target. But I think it just comes back to, well, if we're re-signing him, why wasn't he out there to kick the field goals in the NFC Championship? I think you hate that we're going to get back to that point, but I don't know. I, I think he they're going to bring in some competition the same way they did it this last year. I don't think we should look at Dan going for it as a, a knock on Badgley. He's not a long distance kicker by any means. No. But let, let me say that first and foremost. But since we did not bring back Prater, this has always been my concern. If, if you have somebody that can kick that long distance, you keep him. Now, now in 2024, is kicking something that needs to be as coveted? And I think that's what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are testing right now. The Lions, in their history, we've always had really great kickers. Eddie Murray to Jason, Jason Hansen. Hansen. And then we had a little gap there before Parader came. So, listen, we're spoiled when it comes to kickers. So, obviously, as Lions fans, we're like, oh, we need one. We need one. And Benji can get it done when, when he's called upon. And, you know, I'm not going to worry too much about it. Uh, if if Prater wants to come back at all, ever, uh, and Brad Holmes wants to do it, by all means. It's just funny, though. We we had two kickers this season, and a lot of people won't remember. And believe me, I'm going to remind you when we go through our football playing dudes of the <laughs> week that we named throughout the season. Uh, Riley Patterson was on this team and was our kicker. And then yeah. they went back to Badgley. It's this weird, we've, we've only had, like, we've had two kickers feels like for the Dan Campbell era, and it's been those two, right? I can't remember another one. Uh, uh, no, I, I can't either. Yeah, so, uh, so so maybe it's time for a new new foot. I was about to say new face, yeah. but yeah, maybe yeah. it's time for a new foot. Uh, yeah. And whether that comes, but you know, if you want to make sure he's on your roster so he doesn't go somewhere else, you know, he's, a, he's decent. You know, we talk about roster moves, Justin. There's also coaching staff moves. And luckily for the Lions, here's the good news. No coordinators are moving. That's right. We can all exhale uh, a little bit. Uh, but the Lions do make some moves when it comes to the staff. First one they made is they welcome in Shay Townsend, who is going to be now not only their new defensive backs coach, he will be their defensive pass game coordinator. So obviously with these defensive backs, we saw how tough it was from this year. Uh, you bring in a guy who's been there. He's a former defensive back. So another former player in the league, Dan Campbell adding to his staff. So there is that. During the senior bowl, this is a move I really liked. And that is the Lions went and hired Terrell Williams to be their new defensive line coach and their run game coordinator. Now, why do I love this move, Justin? This guy was in Tennessee recently. Two guys he got to coach there. One is Jeffrey Simmons at defensive tackle. Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best in the league. The other is a guy who is a free agent that if I'm the Lions, I, I'm, if I'm Brad, I'm kind of keeping an eye on this name. Danico Autry, who's played really well for Tennessee as well. But new staff coming in there with Brian Callahan as head coach. This is a move I do like. And I really feel like this D-line could certainly improve in a lot of ways under his guidance. One other name to mention man who's going to be uh, a new defensive assistant. I think senior defensive assistant is how they're worded. His name is Jim O'Neill. He was in the NFL for a couple stints. One was with the Browns and the 49ers. Recently, he was the defensive coordinator at Northwestern in both 2021 and 2022. But for all the pluses that there are, there are subtractions. And there's a few coaches on this line staff, we are not going to see back here in 2023 or 24. Wow, I'm really a year. It, it, it looks like they're not going to be back in 2024. They've been off the team's website, which means so, but it hasn't been yeah. confirmed, just to clear that. Right. Yeah. So we've got Jim Hoxler, who's a senior offensive assistant, defensive quality control coach, Wayne Blair. Uh, the other big names, the defensive line coach, John Scott Jr., who came in, replaced Todd Wash, went to Carolina. You've got cornerbacks coach Dre Bly. Suck that it didn't work with Dre here. I mean, he was one of my favorite 
Lions when he signed here in those really dark years <laughs> as a Lions fan. Brian Duker, our defensive backs coach, he didn't get let go. He just moved on. He's now going to take over that role in Miami with the Dolphins. And senior defensive assistant John Fox. That was a little stunning. That former head coach, three places, uh, is not going to be back on staff. So that is where we're at. Like I said, I, I think these are big moves. We knew that certainly there was going to be shakeup, but they actually talked about it when uh, you think about with the Chiefs, the fact that they're keeping their coordinators and all that. They actually just gave their uh, two of their coordinators extensions. Uh, Dave told the special teams coordinator and Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator. So to be only one of two teams that has all your coordinators intact and it's from the championship teams, it was like, okay, let's look at these guys. And remember, Ben Johnson, everybody wanted to interview him. Everybody everybody thought he's going to be the one. He's going to get hired. We're going to lose him. And we're like, oh, my God. And thank God he said, you know what? Now's not the time. We got unfinished business. And so really glad that that move happened. But – uh, of those names, Justin, I mean, when you look at it, your thoughts on the new guys coming in and then obviously the guys that are no longer going to be on this staff. I'm probably most excited for Williams, uh, ten the Tennessee defense line coach, who now is going to take over for uh, John Scott's role. I'm not going to say there was a regression in the defensive line, but there wasn't the fire that we saw the previous year. You know, and... Now, let's give the team credit. They stopped the run. That was their goal, is to be good at one thing, and they were really good at it. And you could see that that improved in 2023. Now the entire defense needs to improve, not just running, you know, stopping the run, the passing game. Really... I mean, this is a make-or-break year for this defense. You, you can't say any other way. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but if we need to get back to where we want to be and further, this defense has got to get better. And I know AG knows that. I know Dan Campbell knows that. And, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, every year there's been shuffling on the defensive side of the football. The offense is now sustained and, you know, is is on track where that started off kind of rocky too. But we really need to focus on the defense this year. I think it should be on everybody's mind. Now that the offense needs to not be looked into, maybe we add another wide receiver there to maybe add a spark. You know, there's things that have been talked about, but defensively, we need to you know focus on that backfield and adding another adding some help for Hutch and Ali McNeil and I'm going to start saying that because they're both solid I want those players on this defensive line for the next 10 to 12 years solid players and we need they just need help the linebackers are fine I have no, actually no notes for the linebackers. I'm very happy no. with how they play. When, when yeah. is the last time we could go into an offseason and the linebacking core was not a problem? Probably not since they had guys like DeAndre Levy, Stephen Tulloch, and Tahir Whitehead. Yeah, exactly. So not since that time can we sit here and say, okay, we don't have to worry about the linebackers. That group's fine. And obviously, everyone says Sutton played terrible. He wasn't terrible the whole season. It was the back half. Maybe he's not good one-on-one, -on -one, maybe on an, on his own. Maybe that's the issue. This oh. is this is wishful thinking, and it's probably going to be a no. I would love if they got LeJarius Sneed or Jalen Johnson in free agency. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know. I know they're going to cost a lot. Yeah. But it'd be sweet if they could get one of those guys. I'm sure he's – I'm sure Brad Holmes is thinking of a plan because, remember, he had a plan. Sutton and – um. Mosley, right? Yeah, it was Mosley, but then Mosley got the injury. Yeah, Sutton, Mosley, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. That's what he chose to fix it with. And Gardner-Johnson and Mosley got injured. And Sutton played well, but then, then he's on an island. He's, you know, the defensive backfield. It, it just it needed a whole refreshing. So I'm glad that there's a new coach there, maybe some new messaging there. 
maybe it takes AG to just really get back and get focused into that room a little more possibly too mm-hmm. to help. But I, that's what I'm looking for. I need to see these defensive coaches hit and hit big because they need to they need to get this defense championship ready because the offense is already championship ready. Let's be honest. That, that, that offense can win a Super Bowl. Kind of defense. It's Brad home season, so let's see how he can help that coaching staff now get to that level. It is time to either A, open up that checkbook, which I don't think they'll open it fully. I know well, about halfway, but <laughs> it's also draft season. So this is fun. Scouting combines coming up here yeah, uh, this next week. So this is football. This is this is why this is why the NFL, there is no off season. That's what they always say. Oh, there's an off season. The NFL, there's never an offseason. There's something always going on. Scouting combine, free agency, the draft, schedule release. A little bit of a break in June. Yeah, you get a little bit of a break. And then you go into July. So probably 11 out of the 12 months, the NFL has something going on. And we only had one week of going, dang it, we really didn't make it. We could have made it. Why didn't we make it? And now it's like, okay, everyone's back on the same level. We're all O&O again. Let's Let's start it again. So, yeah. Uh, to reset, we're going to, after this episode, we'll be back in a month to talk about re-signings. Who did we get in free agency? All that jazz. I'm sure there's going to be so much to talk about in the March podcast. I'm sure, uh, you know, because there's, like I said, there's decisions to be made. I'm, I'm really intrigued about this. What are we going to do with the guard position? Cause we don't want to see the offensive line get broken up. Right. That's like a brotherhood. And, and a lot of people are wondering about Jonah's play. Well, maybe it's because he was hurt too. So maybe we need to give him a little bit of grace because he was hurt. And also, could injuries be a problem there though? See, this it's, big decisions need to be made. I'm glad I'm not Brad Holmes to have to make those decisions. Well, there, 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 is, to... there is one decision that is we don't have to worry about on the O-line. Frank Ragnow did say he's not retiring. So that is good news yeah. there. Uh, was reported the other day. So that is really good news. We know Frank's been through a lot, especially yeah. with the injuries. And I thought, man, if if we were able to go to that next step and win, would he? And I think that's the fear. It's like, man, I don't want to lose him either. I He is such – I feel he's the glue to that offensive line. It's, it's – Him and Decker he for goes sure. With, I, and I Sewell. Just, and Sewell. Sewell is, is really becoming the new glue. And I think – after this old guard of the O-line does step away and retire, uh, we'll have Sewell there. He'll be the new, you know, glue. But we have got to maintain that be our strength of our football team. And I think Brad and Dan do know that. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see. So that's for the future, though. Let's look back on our great 2023 season. We'll get into our top five list. All right. So reason we wanted to podcast today was to do our top five list to reflect and look back at what really was just an amazing 2023 season. It saw the Lions get all the way to the NFC Championship game, just one game shy of the Super Bowl. And they broke a lot of firsts in a lot in 30 plus years. It was fun. So we're going to do top five football playing dudes of the year and then top five games of the year. But first, I'd like to get some stats out there because we did this every week. We pick a football playing dude of the week, man. There you go. There's your Dan Campbell impression. Let me do it one more time. Football playing dude of the week, man. Got to do at least one Dan Campbell impression per podcast. So... Let's do it this way, Zach. I will go through and tell you who we picked throughout the year. Yeah. And then I will tell you the total of who won the most. Yeah. I was going to say, can I take a guess? Yes, take a prediction of who you think won the most football playing dudes of the year. Wow. Or football playing dudes of the the week. Wow. All right, I have a couple names in mind, but I got to stick with one. I am going to go with Ahmed Ross St. Brown. Oh, that's interesting. Let's see. Uh, so why don't you go through and say week one, we played blank. Who who did we pick that week? Yeah. So week one, Justin, we played the Kansas City Chiefs. Opening night, 
that was a fun game. And uh, that game, you picked Hutchinson, and he didn't record a sack that game, but he was pressuring even with the left t- with the tackle getting a step. So there you go. So you picked Hutch. I picked Brian Branch. So I was really impressed with rookie. And we were looking, obviously, I think we were, and I listened to this. You know, I listened to the our each full playing due to the week for that week. Uh, and we were really high on the defense. We were looking, at, we were excited. We're like, yes, the defense is fixed. <laughs> In hindsight, uh, it's yeah, like, no, no, no. And then week two, that was the home opener where we welcomed in the Seattle Seahawks in a tough overtime loss. Yes. So that defensive coordinator has our number. Luckily, he's not going to be their defensive coordinator this year, right? So uh, for 2024. So <laughs> uh, shout out uh, Mike McDonald for getting that uh, head coaching job. Uh, some Michigan ties there. Uh, so excited to see what he does, except hopefully he can lose to the Lions in 2024. Uh, so you went with Goff. Solid pick that week. He did very well. I went with Josh Reynolds. So funny week one we went all defense week two we were like okay all offense (laughs) and then week three i was at this game that was when they played the falcons at home 20 to 6 game one of us had hutch i i'll take a spoiler one of us had hutch yes i had hutch uh so and then you had a rookie alert sam laporta and I'm not going to put in the sound when I said regular. That's only for regular season stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Sam Laporta's first uh, um, football play due to the week came in uh, week three. And then four days later, Lions would kick off week four, Thursday Night Football on Amazon. They would beat the Packers in that game. And I'll take a spoiler here. One of us had Monty as football playing due to the week. And it was yourself that had Monty. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Monty's first uh, football playing due to the of the week. He could have easily won it in week one too, if we wouldn't have been both defense. I think uh, I hindsight, I might have, I should have probably picked Monty that game, maybe even Goff. And I'll, it might, you might hear me say that again in this very podcast. Uh, but I went with uh, Jerry Jacobs. Uh, oh, he wow! Didn't pick that game. Uh, Jerry didn't play terrible. Did he have one or two? I thought he had two in that game. I think he might have had two, yeah. But he was very good those first couple of weeks. I know. A lot of people don't remember that because of how it ended for him that year. Remember, Jerry, he's undrafted. Yeah. He shouldn't be starting. Right. So it's a shame that uh, the the fan base has kind of turned on him at the end there. I hope if he can come back in like a similar, smaller role, I don't see why not. Right. And then week five, so we're going to flip it now. We go from September to October, week five. Lions would beat up on what we would see as the worst team in the league. They would beat Carolina 42-24. They had that great trick play to Laporta for a touchdown. That only later the Niners would run that same night. And coincidentally, it went to an Iowa tight end. So there was that. Uh, so, those, Zach, you picked Hutch. And then... I picked Sam Laporta for that trick play. Uh, hey, I saw something, and I think this is me saying, "Oh, I'm starting to come around to the Laporta uh, <laughs> draft." I was get, I was getting you on the bandwagon. I'm like, "Come yeah. on, come on!" <laughs> and then week six, this is really one of the other games where the Lions fans took over. That's when the Bucks broke out the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would break out the creamsicles. And we go down there and beat them 20 to six, and it was a great game. I will do this. I I think it was you who picked Amon Ross St. Brown in this game. You're good. I did <laughs> pick St. Brown. <laughs> Remember, he like, had that awesome play where Craig Reynolds uh Craig had Reynolds a, had a block, and then it's like, yeah. come on. That wasn't, you know, that's the game that I scared. Uh, Emmett, when I yelled for the JMO oh, yes, touchdown, that's the game. <laughs> uh, it was uh, a shade of things to come later on in the playoffs, too, beating them again. It, uh, you went with Anzalone. Yeah, that's I remember that. Yup. And then week seven, oh boy, that was that's when we lost the Ravens and we got dismantled. If I, if memory serves me right, we each didn't have one. Like, we we're just like, you know what? Let's just pick one. And well, we both went with Jabir Gibbs. Yeah. So we, yeah, there was a time last year 
2022 where we didn't pick anybody at all. But this year we didn't do that. We usually went with one. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was collectively we went with Jameer Gibbs. That was his kind of breakout game. Yeah, uh, and that was after after Monty, Monty got hurt in that Tampa game. And so this is really was. But you mentioned a breakout game. No, he had his moment in that game against the yeah. Ravens. This was his breakout game. That was the week eight game, the Monday nighter against the Raiders. They broke out the new blue chrome helmets, which were awesome, by the way, and went into the bye week on the high note. And then the next day you look and the Raiders fired both their GM and head coach. That never happens as Lions fans where we beat somebody and then they fire that. I enjoyed looking back at this one because this is I also started the uh, you know the the podcast with the because you know it was Halloween time yeah <laughs> so it was like that that uh, scary um, you know Bach uh, classical uh, music there uh, little subtle things I do in editing just for fun uh, you know keep myself sane <laughs> but who do you think picked Gibbs? I think it was you. That was you, my friend. And oh. this is a quintessential who Zach and Justin look for when they're watching a football game. Zach loves the running back. He picked Gibbs. Justin went with a defensive tackle, Aline McNeil. That's right. Um, so I, I tell you, those are, you know, the people that you'll see, probably see it in our top fives too. We, we uh, I don't know who Zach picked, by the way. Zach doesn't know who I picked. So there'll always be a, it'll be interesting when we go through it. Uh, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it because I think uh, um, I, I probably could predict it if I wanted to. We're not going to do that, but right. uh, it's just uh, we know each other. A l- uh, well, obviously, a little bit too much. <laughs> let's go. Well, let's go rapid fire here. Week ten, we played the Chargers. We didn't pick defense. We went offense. One of us had golf. I do know that. Nope. You went with St. Brown. Yeah. Okay. That's and right. I didn't go offense or defense. This is the one. Yeah. I don't know why. I should. It should have been golf for me. I, I picked Riley Patterson, and I put. See, we could have went. After that. We could have went with Monty or Gibbs. Here it is. Yeah, in that one. I don't know why. I think I was just trying to give some kicker love. You know, we don't. We can't just pick the same people over and over again. As I think our, you know, we try to look for the one, and he had the you know the kick, the winning kick. So why not give it to him? Obviously, then he's not on the team at some point. I forget when that is. Uh, that we we switched to back to. Uh, money badger, but yeah. Uh, and then week 11 was the Chicago Bears game. Uh, that we had to come back and win that one. So don't know on this one. I can't give you any guesses. <laughs> you went with Monty, obviously. Game. You, you, yeah. <laughs> and I went with Jamo. Oh, he had a touchdown nice. in that game. I look, I look back at that game too. Thanksgiving was Green Bay. Uh, I know we came out of there with a loss. Uh, what yeah. of us had Laporta? I'll, I'll tell you what, we both had Laporta. Okay, yeah. See. It was that game. It was uh, So you're seeing the trend there, the losses. We try, Sometimes we just go, ah, eh, let's just, I don't know who to give it to. We'll consensus just, pick. Gets, the consensus is this. <laughs> yeah. Week 13 was that shootout against New Orleans. And I don't know. <laughs> I you, think, yeah. was this the one I had Jalen Reese Maven? Nope. You went with Goff. I went with Laporta. So you're starting to see how we were kind of going yeah okay week 14 was that loss against the bears yeah yeah and that, that we didn't have a game we didn't have a, a episode that week because we, you were sick so yeah that's yep. right i felt yep. bad on that then we had the denver game did we pick one or weren't you we were no we were we picked we, we remember okay. we, we uh we did do that one that was a fun game and uh one of us did go laporta and one of us went golf Nope. <laughs> it's funny. We don't. Uh, I went with Iffy. You, oh. went, you went with Laporta. I went with it. That's right. Week 16, division clinching game against Minnesota. I think I went Iffy on this one because of the game winning pick. It's funny. You went no football player. You went with Sheila Hand. That's right. And that was a really good choice. I went with all the defensive backs, which is astounding to me. I couldn't find just one player. <laughs> and then you kind of realize now yeah. when you say that, here's where we're getting. <laughs> Week 17 was Dallas. Um, oh, real quick. Hey, reporting is eligible. Yes. Make, make sure. So I'm eligible, by the way. So um, I, I don't know who I went with. 
We were, you were, we were both riding the iffy train. We, we were very high on iffy. Obviously, he was the spark of our defense at this point in the season. So you went with iffy, and then I went with Hutch. Hutch Reset was game. Hutch was turning it on. Yeah. Obviously, this should have been a win. Obviously, you know, is a win in our hearts. Uh, and it's just a shame that it doesn't reflect that on the on the record. That's put an asterisk next to that one, and not the Kansas City game. I'll say that, and then. We but then it didn't even matter because we got two home games anyway in the playoffs. Yeah, Dallas is still crying about it. Yeah. Uh, and finally, regular season ended where we beat Minnesota. And one of us did pick Saint in that game. Yes, and that somebody was yourself. Hey, look at that. I went with Jack Campbell, who I nicknamed Motor City MC Jack. JC. Yeah. yeah. You were MC trying-, trying to make that a thing. I don't know if I still feel that way. We'll see how it goes next season. I'm sure Jack Campbell is going to have another solid year as he grows as a football player. Wild card round. Oh, this is a good one. Rams. Yeah. One of us went with, I think you, this is the game you went, Brad Holmes. Yes. Yep. I did non-football player. And then I don't know who I went with. Was it Goff? Yeah. You went with JG. Yeah. Revenge game again. Tampa game. One of us went Derek Barnes. That was that would be that would be me. Yeah, sorry. That that yep. I was Derek Barnes. You, you yep. I, I had you with two people because you went with Iffy and your your shout out was Ragnar. I said, no, make Ragnar your your you went Yeah. Your Frank was a beast. Because I and wanted then, I wanted him to be on our our record. <laughs> as, yeah. as and then NFC championship, man, still stings. Uh yeah. I went Monty. This one I remember. And I went with Rodrigo. What yeah. a story that would have been if we would have won the game. Like Rodrigo was the pick. But I had to give it to him. So yeah, still stings. But hey, we we and funny we didn't uh, go just one person <laughs> that game. We went, uh, t- we went two. But so okay, so, so tally me, it up. Uh, let, now after let, listening to that, wow. After I heard hear you listen to that, is it Sam Laporta? It is Sam Laporta. Come wow, came, Laporta came in with five total. Wow, Hutch, Hutch follows with four. St. Brown with three, golf with three, which I feel is like criminal now that we know what the type of season he had. But wow. it's just us not wanting to constantly repeat and go with the same players, too. I think I thought Gibbs funny. would have been higher, too. I swore I thought yeah, we would have been Gibbs. Gibbs only has two. That's a bit of a stunner. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Iffy with three, Monty with three. Well, congratulations to Sam. I am Laporta. Your trophy will be in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you had the most football playing dudes of the week. Wow, so that's let's, awesome. Let's not waste any more time, Zach. Let's get to your football playing dudes of the year, which doesn't have anything to do with our who we picked throughout the week. This is our tally, or uh, could be our right. favorites, who we thought had the had a really good year overall. So let's start it off, Zach. Yeah, let me get it going here. At number five on the list, and I was thinking more about it. Uh, number five to me was Aiden Hutchinson. I, I mean, first year that he has double-digit sacks, or the first year he has really came into his own. Hopefully they get him some help. There's some guys you can look at at free agency. The draft's going to be something to keep an eye on. Get this man some help. It is criminal that he's getting held on almost every play. We're not doing him a favor. So that's at five. He's the only defensive player, Justin, in my top five. At number four, the newest lion on the list, David Montgomery. Talk about a guy who said he wanted to leave Chicago because he was tired of losing. You know what? We're glad. And remember, we came on here, Justin, and we were we were upset. How? Why? And, and Lions fans were upset. Just to understand it was not us, it was Lions fans. How can they let Jamal Williams walk out this building? Here's a guy that just went over 1,000 yards. He led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. You did not even hear from him till like that final game in New Orleans. Okay, that's what happened. Montgomery was a stud. And you consider he missed four games. But the guy went over 1,000 yards rushing. I think he had 13 rushing touchdowns. Really impressive what this guy was able to do. At number three, Justin, I couldn't pick one. So this is a 2-4. At number three, it is the duo of Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. The two picks, two of the three picks that were heavily criticized for Brad Holmes. And these guys came out and they did work. Jameer Gibbs, more than just a running back, he was a weapon. 
He was that Alvin Kamara-type player that the Lions were looking for. And when Monty was hurt, Gibbs did a really good job filling in, did a lot of great things. I think the sky is the limit for this young man. I think he's got big potential. How about the Iowa tight end? Wait, we, you just got rid of one Iowa tight end. Now you're going to draft another. And all Sam Laporta did was not only set the record by a, a rookie tight end for the most receptions in a season, he had 10 touchdowns amongst all tight ends, more than Travis Kelsey, more than George Kettle. Sam Laporta did that. So the, he is at number three. At number two on my list, I am going with Jared Goff. Now, last year, I think I had Goff as my football playing due to the year. Jared, I know there was obviously things that happened, you know, a little bit more in the turnover situation. But when his number was called on, there were throws he made that you sat back and went, that's why he's here. And it was rediscovering himself when a lot of this franchise did not want him. A lot of the fans didn't want him here. They only thought he was going to be here a year. To now where you're hearing his name that whole week for a two-week, three-week span, his name is being chanted at Red Wings games, Pistons games. You know, you're starting to hear that chant. And so it was a really cool thing for him. Stafford came out in that wild card game when he came out to tell his boot, and the cough chance really just took full force. And so I'm just glad he's here, and hopefully he'll be here for longer. But at number one, my football playing due of the year is Amon Ross St. Brown. He really had a, another stellar season. Remember this. Remember, 16 guys were taken ahead of him in 2021 draft. And this guy has just gotten better year after year after year. To a point now to where we mentioned this offseason with everything that's going to happen, he's going to get paid. And he's going to get paid quite a bit. So uh, to recap again, number five, Aiden Hutchinson at four, went with David Montgomery. Three was a two-four, Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. At two is Jared Goff. And my football playing due to the year is Amon Ra St. Brown. So that is my list. Justin, how about you? First off, I really like your list. I... I, I wondered where Goff and I, I you know figured I figured Goff might be one possibly uh, St. Brown you can't argue with that he is just no. the, the unsung hero of this team time in and time out and um, I I agree with your list I I see why you put him there so I think my list will be interesting to you I'm sure so let me get right to it I have two honorable mentions first off uh, uh, C D Deuce or C J Gardner Johnson. Uh, you're like, why is he an honorable mention? Why is he even mentioned? And even with the list he had, you know, he wasn't around a lot, but I really liked what he brought. There's a dimension to him. I like him as a player. I really hope we can find a way to get him back. Um, and maybe he'll have another year where he can stay healthy. Um, you know, he's our Deadpool. You know, he's the, the Merc with the mouth. You know, we need that type of a player. Uh, my next honorable mention, Sam Laporta. Uh, and people are going to be stunned that he's not on the list, but also Gibbs is not on my list either. And you're like, are you crazy? Yeah. Rookies did not make my list. And it's, I know I stunning, right? I, I just could not find them on the list other than these. These are my, it's my list. And these are my football playing dudes of the year. And I just could not fit them in. So who is it? Who's on the list then? Number five, Panay Sewell. You want to talk about, you mentioned him as the glue guy. He is the glue guy. He's becoming that. Obviously, we have those savvy veterans with him, but man, seeing him pump up the crowd or pump up his teammates every week has been really fun. He's so physical, run blocking, pass blocking. He does it all, and he's he's not he, he's just not a flashy player, but he's the he's the beast. He's the guy you need in that locker room, and one of the many reasons we were one game away from the Super Bowl. And you can see now, three years into his career, why Brad was pounding the table when he got him in 2021. This is a pillar, and I just I never want him not to be a Lion. I want him to finish his career in Honolulu Blue because he is absolutely a stud. And he's so young still, too, that we're not even close to the end of his career. Number four, Ali McNeil. Here's a guy I wish I could have <laughs> – with Chris Collins with it. Here's a guy. McNeil is a guy I wish I could have gotten more, 
you know, of this year. He had that little, you know, injury that kind of sent him back a few games. He was lights out and stellar. In that Bears game, he should have been my football playing due to the week in that Bears game when we, you know, you know, won in uh, week 11. He was stellar in that game. And he needs help along with Hotch. I said that earlier in the podcast as well. It's time for us to say they both need help because they're both stellar defensive line players. And really what Brad is trying to hit, his vision, if Josh Pascal can come on and have a really strong 2024 too, can you imagine those three young defensive line players and then whoever we add to, maybe with the trajectory that we're going, and then if we add somebody, he's an A He's awesome. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing more out of him. Number three, Aiden Hutchinson, the anchor of the defense. He's getting held, and he's still making plays. He had, according to Pro Football Focus, 11.5 sacks and 101 total pressures. If we could add a piece or two to that D-line, what can he become with Aleem, with Hutch, with all these other pieces too. It's it, I know everyone's going to focus on the defensive backfield, but if we can sure up our defensive line, that only helps the defensive backfield. And Hutch just had one of those years that you can see him growing even more. And if he just has a little bit of help. Number two, Amon Ra St. Brown. The sun god. I mean, what, what can you say? This is where our, our list kind of is going to get a little familiar. Uh, he's a great leader. I wish he could have been more involved in that San Fran game because I think maybe that could have helped us a lot too. And I've called him Mr. Reliable, and he's just such a sure thing. Never count that man out. Please never do. He's clearly one of the victory laps that Brad Holmes is taking when he does those press conferences where he's kind of cashing in receipts. Stats for him, 119 receptions, 1,515 yards, 10 touchdowns. Just absolutely beast him. And, okay, so who's number one? For me, it's Jared Goff. And I say sometimes you just have to be predictable. And he may have his flaws, especially under pressure. But when he's playing good, everything's in sync. It's it's just really great football. And he's definitely not the reason we lost in San Francisco. And he was playing lights out in that first half. Uh, he's going to get a new contract. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about that during the Brad Home Season podcast, March April possibly uh he's gonna get in that new contract and just look at the Broncos game as an example to me he had what a stellar that's a, that's a great Jared Goff game I just why would we not want that as the leader of our offense going in and the way the crowd embraced him during that Rams playoff game and that's really when you saw the tight turn and no 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 we we like Jared Goff Let's, you know, this is, he's, he's our quarterback now. And I know a lot of that probably had to do with Stafford too, but you'll love to see it. And there's no way he's not my, he, he has to be the football playing due to the year in my eyes, because without him, I don't think we got get to where we were. It's time we start talking about him as more than just a game manager. Yes, there's certain things that need to be perfect for him to play at his level. But if you give him a strong offensive line, you give him a run game, and we have all those things working in our advantage for him, that's why he's the football playing dude of the year, in my opinion. What do you think, Zach? Well, good, strong list. I'm still shocked it gives him the Florida. I, I think, if anything, that's still the big surprise to me because I thought you would go that route. I thought you would try to fit him in. But, hey, again, it's your list, and – yeah, a really good choice is there. Like we said, one and two, it's almost interchangeable. Yeah, I really wanted to highlight Aleem and Panay. Yeah, absolutely, especially Panay. And so I appreciate you putting that up there. But now it is time for a segment that I have been wanting to do. I brought it to Justin, and let's go do it. 
It is our top five games of the year. So, Justin, I am going to start with you on this because I'm really intrigued to hear your thoughts. All right. Well, I do have another honorable mention, and I'm going to try to get through these as quickly as possible, too, so that we both have equal time. My honorable mention, the Cowboys game, because in my opinion, should have been a win. Uh, number five for me is week four against the Packers. Beating the Packers in Green Bay, it's always fun. And this was the first NFC North game of the year for us, and it really set the tone for the year, in my opinion. Even though we couldn't get it done at home in Thanksgiving, and that stunk. Um, you know, St. Brown and Monty were on fire that game. Jerry Jacobs, you know, you said had two picks, and you know, if memory serves, and it was just a really fun game. Number four, week eleven, the Bears at the Lions. That was that comeback game. But in my house, it'll always be known as the nap game where I watched that comeback while my <laughs> baby was laying and sleeping on me and I did not wake him up despite an amazing fourth quarter comeback. That's the Monty Revenge game as well. We talked about that when we went over football playing dude uh, of the week members and Hutch ended that game. That was awesome. And just what a, what a, what a great game that was. Number three was week one, Lions at Chiefs. And the reason I was rooting for them in the AFC Championship game and I wanted that matchup is because I thought, wouldn't that be fun? One, it'd be great how you started, how you ended, kind of a, you know, the NFL would love that um, aspect of it because it was the first game of the year. Now it's the last game of the year. Plus, out of the two uh, Ravens, you know, Chiefs, I wanted just the Chiefs again. I wanted to see if we could beat them. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we beat them you know, in week one, but we couldn't see that matchup again for the Super Bowl. But uh, it was fun. And MCDC coached like he would coach all through the year. You know, it's great to see. And uh, it was real fun. You know, Goff and Monty had a really strong game. You know, Brian Branch had that pick. So just really strong game. Number two, that wild card game. Uh, it was nerve wracking. It was amazing. It was heartburn. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> you know, it gave me heartburn at times. Uh, yeah, the Stafford v. Lions storyline got old, but, man, winning that first playoff game in 30 years, just nothing more special than that. And and to know what that game means for everybody was just awesome. So that's why it's number two. And you're like, wow, how is that not number one? Well, it's because, to me, Vikings at Lions – the NFC North clinching game. It's because we don't get the Rams game. We don't get the Bucks game if we don't win and clinch our first division in 30 years because Lions-Vikings. And remember, it's Christmas Eve. You're celebrating with your family. It was a T-shirt game. I got a T-shirt from that game. Uh, and we beat a team that I just think was overrated in 2022. I just, I don't respect them. And uh, that's what, to me, it's why it's the game of the year. And it's why we can say, hey, we're NFC North champions. Well said. So I'll go through mine real quick. Number five is the Atlanta game. I was there for it. It was a playoff type atmosphere. Uh, Laporta had his first touchdown. Goff had a touchdown run. That defense caused havoc on Atlanta. It was just a great game. Really enjoyed it. Number four uh, is the week one opener against Kansas City. And it was what we would see the offense do, but Chiefs had quite a bit of drops in that game, and it really was going to be the story of the year. But for us to go in there on their banner-raising night and to knock off the defending champs, that was a huge deal. Number three, I went with the division-clinching game against Minnesota to see if he did it, and you're thinking 30 years it's been. The moment where Campbell brought that old guard up, I think is certainly emotional. It's amazing. So I would put that game there. At number two is Tampa Bay, the divisional game. To see Derek Barnes get that interception, that was the first of his career. And to say we're going to the NFC Championship, that was a huge deal. But my number one is Rams-Lions. That is my number one because it had all the makings of it, – it, it was a script. It was a Hollywood script. It's everything you could watch. Stafford v. Goff. You know, Goff trying to prove it to his old team. Stafford coming back to Ford Field. 
And for that first playoff win to happen, it felt like we won a Super Bowl. It really did. It was emotional. Our fans deserved it. And uh, just to piggyback off your football playing dude of the year, I'll say it again, like Dan Campbell said, Jared Goff is good enough for Detroit. Hey, I like the list. I, I kept Tampa, the second Tampa game off that, even though what a fun, but because you know what? I playoff games need to be the norm. So I was kind of, <laughs> I had to go with one and you know, I, a few regular season games still stuck out to me. So that's it. That's our list. And that's this episode of the lion's cave podcast. And we'll see you next time when we enter the lion's cave.